What's going on, Wiz Nation? What's going on, Mystics Nation? Wizards Verse, it's your main man, K. Jose, and welcome to another episode of DC Hoopla. And I tell you, uh, the Wizards are falling fast, and it's not really looking good at all. So it's quite a few things that we need to cover regarding these losses. And the question is, is it time to push the panic button? Is it state of emergency when it comes down to the Washington Wizards? Well, based off of these losses, I would say so. So the Washington Wizards went from being 10 and 3 to now they're 15 and 14. Since I, before I even get further into that, let me give a shout out. So is this your first time listening to DC Hoopla? Welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Follow me at DC Hoopla on IG and on Instagram. I already said Instagram. Follow me on IG and also follow me on uh, Twitter under DC Hoopla. Also subscribe and follow State of the Wizards. Follow my man DCAN at Wizards Mafia on IG, on Twitter. Look him up on Spotify. Wiz Takes. That's his podcast. So let's get down to it. The Wizards are currently 15 and 14. We were a team that was 10 and 3. And now within the last 15 games, we have gone 5. I'm sorry, correction. Within the last 17 games, I want to say, we're now 5 and 12. We lost to Sacramento on Wednesday, 119 to 105. And then we lost to Phoenix, 118 to 98. CP3 didn't really kill us like I thought he would, but he did enough. We gave up 35 points in that Sacramento game in the fourth quarter after giving up 42 points against, I want to say it was the Denver Nuggets on Monday because we lost to them 113 to 117. But let's talk about that Kings game. Giving up 35 points in that fourth quarter was terrible. Clearly, this team has lost focus. They're not paying attention to detail. You know, we didn't shoot that bad as a team at 47%, but we allowed the Kings to shoot 54%. Neither team shot crazy from three-point range. I mean, we shot 20%. They shot 30 They actually shot lower from the free throw line than we did, and we both were even when it came down to total rebounds. And block shots, the Kings had six to our three. So we've been doing some of the things, such as keeping the turnovers down, like because we've actually been holding on to the basketball. We just turn the ball over in key moments. 
which is going to lead me to us losing to the Phoenix Suns. Because that game there against the Phoenix Suns with no Devin Booker, it looks like we could have done everything we could to win that game. But Phoenix is just a better team. Neither team really shot lights out from downtown. But what Phoenix did do was get to the free throw line. They got to the free throw line 26 times to our 19 attempts, and they made 96.2 to our 63.2. So the free throw discrepancy worked in Phoenix's favor. We also got out-rebounded. I must say, since the start of the season, each month our rebounding has dropped. You know, we started a season in the month of October. We were averaging as a team 50 rebounds. And then I start seeing a decline right after that. Now we're averaging about 39 rebounds. The previous month we were averaging about 45. Now we're down to where we're averaging 39 rebounds as a team. So nobody's rebounding a basketball. But I need to ask this question. What happened? We were sitting at 10 and 3 just a couple of weeks ago. And now we're 15 and 14. So let's let's talk about that. When we were 10 and 3, Bradley Bill had not too long ago lost his grandmother. You know, may she rest in peace. He took some games off to tend to that. And Tommy Shepard was given an extension during that time period. Now, Bradley Beal returns. We play against the Charlotte Hornets. Spencer Dinwiddie puts up a donut in that game. And that's when the slide began. So what happened? Well, we West Sunsell Jr. had to scrap his offense because it was quote unquote too complicated. Spencer Dinwiddie stopped being aggressive. I can't really make excuses for him for not playing well. But Spencer Dinwiddie has also said that he's doing what's asked of him from the coach. Wes Unsell Jr. even said at one of his press conference that he needs to possibly create more plays for Spencer Dinwiddie, get him involved. Because right now, he's not involved. Spencer Dinwiddie said in the last episode of DC Hoopla, when I post, you know, put the, uh, let you hear the audio, that he's not a high turnover guy. There are guys that have the go button. Some guys are not going to get shots. He said this. Some guys are not going to get the rock. And then Spencer Dinwiddie says, we are running an equal opportunity type of offense. Now, when he says that, you're thinking to yourself, okay, if you're running an equal opportunity of offense, then that means everybody gets a chance to get the ball. Everybody gets a chance to uh, contribute. But there's a there's something going on because he also said that guys are allotted eight to ten shots outside of Brad because we're going to Brad as we should. So if you look at these last several games, he's right. Nobody's averaging no more than 10 shots. Occasionally, you may see somebody put up 11 shots whose last name is not Bill. Now, Bill's shot attempts went from 21 to 18. I'm not really concerned about that. 
him putting up 18 shots, in my opinion, is right where he needs to be. Maybe no more than 20. So I'm not really mad that Bill's shot attempts has decreased. But what I am upset is that everybody else is only allotted 10 shot attempts. That's not winning basketball. There are games where Montrez Harrell puts up no more than seven. Spencer Dinwiddie puts up no more than eight. You know, uh, Hal Neto probably puts up no more than five. KCP puts up no more than six. Kuzma may put up no more than seven. If you look at when we were 10 and three, everybody was touching the basketball. Everybody was doing their job. Everybody was contributing to the 10 and three start. So why all of a sudden, West Sunset Jr. had to scrap his offense because it was complicated. Was it complicated when we were 10 and three? I didn't. I mean, I think we were doing okay. So how all of a sudden now it's complicated. So let's revisit another thing. Bill has this podcast. And in the podcast, he says that he wants to do everything right here, but he can't make the commitment. It has to make sense. He also says he has all the cards. He's never been in a situation like this. So he has the leverage. But one key thing he said in that podcast, because at the time when that podcast was recorded, I think we might have been either eight and three at that time. I believe we were eight and three when he had recorded this podcast, either eight and three or ten and three. He said that this wasn't sustainable. But what wasn't sustainable? Well, our identity at that time was we were playing defense. Our defense was turning into offense. So he was saying that that wasn't sustainable. So when he returns and we were 10 and three and he returns, all of a sudden the slide begins. The offense starts getting scrapped. Spencer Dinwiddie stops being aggressive. You notice that Montrez Harrell is not as energetic in these games. And we seem to forget how to play defense. Because in all these games that we've been losing, teams have been able to just go into the paint and score at will. Our pick and roll defense has been piss poor. You know, we've really never been able to defend the three ball as well either. Now, all of a sudden, players don't seem to know what they're doing. Evident was against the Phoenix Suns. There was a particular play when Bradley Bill, I want to say he passes the ball to Corey Kisper. Corey Kisper is at the three-point line. He drives to the basket. He gets stopped by his defender. Now, Corey Kisper is in a jam. He's trying to find somebody open. Then he realizes he's in a jam. He drives, so he runs to the paint so he can get free. And then Denwood, I mean, and Denny hits a fadeaway two-pointer, which was all net. But if you look at that, that was a broken play because you could see Corey Kisper was looking for help. And everybody was standing around. So now our offense, it's more of let's get Bradley Bill involved and everybody's standing around and watching. Folks, we've seen this before. We saw this last year. When I looked at some stats from last year, and I looked at when we played against the Hornets in the play-in on May 16th, I believe it was May 16th we played them in the play-in. Bradley Bill put up 27 shot attempts to score 25 points. Russ at that time had 15 
shot attempts. Rui had 12. Davies Bertans had 8. Ish Smith had 11. Lopez had 11 as well. Daniel Gafford had 6. We played against the Boston Celtics in that play-in. Russ had 18 shot attempts. Bill had 25 shot attempts. And everybody else on the roster had no more than eight shot attempts. One last one. The Pacers that we played in the play-ins last year. Russ only had 13 shot attempts. Bill had 17 shot attempts. The rest of the supporting cast had no more than eight shot attempts. My point is, is we're going back to what Scott Brooks had last season, which is a green light for everybody who is not named, who should I say, for everybody, for Bradley Bill only, because it ain't for everybody. Bradley Bill is the only one that can do it. So what we're in, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Ball. Shout out to my man, Decan for coming up with that term, Bill Ball. This is what we're seeing. Bradley Bill is getting his shot attempts. Everybody else is standing around watching. Because Bill is on the cusp of a super duper max. So Bill has to get his averages up. He's been playing like shit. He said it. he's been playing shitty all season. So now he got to get his averages up to justify why he needs to get that super duper max. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, he's most likely going to get it because I believe it was already promised to him a couple of years ago. You know, I, I looked at an article a couple of years ago when I was on Twitter. Um, and I actually looked at it yesterday, to be honest. And um, Bill said two years ago, it's safe to say this is my team. When he said that, John Wall was still a member of the Washington Wizards. So I believe that Tommy Shepard and Bradley Bill have already had conversations that he was going to be the face of the franchise and that he was going to get this super duper max. Because at that time, we were trying to get him to sign long term. And that's when he only signed the current contract that he's at now, where he uh, one year is guaranteed. In the next year, which is the 2022-2023 season year, that is a player's option. He didn't fully commit. So now that John Wall is not here, now that Russell Westbrook is not here, Bradley Bill is now a 10-year vet. He's guaranteed to get the 235 or $242, $100 dollar super duper max where he's getting $45 million a season. And there are some fans who are okay with this. The same ones who said we had to get rid of John Wall's contract because it was just too much money. But they're okay paying Bradley Bill more than what John Wall is getting going into his 30s. So Wizards Nation, is it time to push the panic button? Is it time? I'm going to say it is time. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and push it for you. The panic button is pushed. This team has an opportunity to save itself from making a mistake. Bradley Bill has the most value on this team. The build around Bill project is not working. He's clearly not.
the number one guy. He's at best a number two. I'm starting to see people complaining about the supporting cast. I'm not trying to hear that because Bradley Bill came out of his own mouth and said that we have enough. He said this. We got enough. He said this team was special. We're coming. So I'm not trying to hear that. Oh, well, now the supporting cast is trash because a lot of people who were all for signing Spencer Dinwiddie, who was all for acquiring Kuzma, KCP, Montrez, Harold. Now these people are now changing their tune. And speaking of Spencer Dinwiddie, let me kill another narrative that's, that I'm starting to see. This narrative that Spencer Dinwiddie is injured. Where are you guys getting this from? Did Spencer Dinwiddie say that he was hurt? Just because he's not driving to the, he's already told you why he's not driving to the basket. That is not his job. He's not being asked to do that. He is being asked to get everybody else involved. That's what he's being asked. Now, here's what I will say. Maybe the reason why he's not driving to the basket is because he doesn't feel confident yet. He is coming off of an ACL injury. Maybe he's afraid that if he falls down real hard, he might re-aggravate it. That could possibly be the reason. All you got to do is go back a few years ago when Derrick Rose had the meniscus injury when he was playing for Chicago. He didn't have the confidence to play the way he was playing when he was an MVP before that injury. So I'm not saying that Spencer Dinwiddie was Derrick Rose before he got hurt. But what I'm saying is, you know, that could be it's all mental. It could be psyche. It's just psyche. You know, I can I mean, I'm a little bit older now. I can think in the back of my mind that I can run fast. But in reality, I know I can't. I know if I go out there and try to run as fast as I used to, probably going to end up having a heart attack. So for Spencer Dinwiddie, I don't think he feels confident that he can go into the paint and get fouled real hard and fall to that floor and get right back up. He's probably afraid that if I step the wrong way, I might end up re-aggravating my ACL. Or I might mess up a meniscus. I don't know. But what I do know is he did not say he's hurt. I don't see any reports out there that he's hurt. Now, maybe it's because, shout out to Wizards Film Room, it was a report that came out that at the beginning of the season, you know, Wes Unsell and them were thinking about sitting Spencer Dinwiddie the first 15 games. But I don't think it had anything to do with injury because I didn't see the word injury anywhere. So Wizards verse, stop putting this narrative out there that Spencer Dinwiddie is hurt because he's not hurt. He didn't say that. So anyway, back to what I was saying, it is time to make a change. I don't think it's wise for this organization to sign Bill to a long term deal where he's making $45 million when there's a lot of holes that this team has. For one, we're going to need to get ourselves an actual point guard because Spencer Dinwiddie is not that. He is a combo guard. You know, maybe we need to actually get a seven-footer because Daniel Gafford, Montrez Harrell, and I'm going to even say Thomas Bryant, even though he hasn't played this season, they can't handle some of these seven-footers that are in the league. They're getting murdered because they're undersized. I also believe we need to focus on getting a shooting guard for the future. We need to, you know, I think our small four position could be satisfied. I like what I'm seeing out of Denny, but I wouldn't be opposed if we had to get another one. 
that can, that way we don't see no significant drop off. All in all, we need to start focusing on the future. So for those of you that want Ben Simmons here, you're not going to get Ben Simmons unless you're willing to give up Bradley Bill. If you want Carl Anthony Towns, you're not going to get Carl Anthony Towns unless you're willing to give up Bill. Same thing with Brandon Ingram. All these different trades that I'm seeing out there where we're giving up Dobby's bird tans, we're giving up Rui, we're giving up draft picks. By the way, we can't trade a draft pick at least until 2026 because of the restrictions that we have on the draft pick from 2023 that we originally gave to Houston that now OKC has. So you got to stop adding first round draft picks in there because we can't trade any for a while. But this team needs to focus on the future. A divorce has to happen. Right now, Bradley Bill is basically taking the goodies of the Wizards and is not willing to commit. He's telling you he's not going to commit. So I think it's only right, Wiz Nation, that we go ahead and focus on the future. Now, people are going to say, oh, well, you know, we don't want to do that. Well, why are we going to rebuild? You know, Tommy Shepard, you know, he, you know, he drafted Rui and he drafted Denny and those guys don't look good. But you guys are praising him because he traded John Wall for Russ and was able to flip Russ into these players. So you trust him to make the trades, but you don't trust him to do a rebuild. I don't understand. So we'll never do a rebuild. All you want Tommy to do is just continue to keep trading, 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 trading. And we never, ever do a rebuild. I don't agree with that. Not one bit. We're playing against the Utah Jazz tonight on the road. I don't feel confident. I think we're actually going to be a below 500 team. I said we were actually uh, 15 and 14. We're really 15 and 15. I'm sorry. But we're about to be below 500. And we're falling very fast. Very, very fast. So I, I, I can't, I really just don't feel confident that this team is moving in the right direction. But that will conclude the episode of DC Hoopla. Definitely appreciate you guys for listening. You guys have a good one. Why? Oh, DC City, living together, harmony.